Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. We're so glad you're here. Step right in. The doors are open wide. We're open for business. Glad you could make it. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, and with me as always is our very own main Pornhub quality control specialist, Kyle, <laughs> creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Those are the funny intros that you came up with? <laughs> I gave you, yeah, I gave you a new uh, job title in, in the company. Yeah. I like it. Okay. How are you doing, Kyle? Uh, okay. I'm doing good, Dan. Um, I've got something for you, though, that I wanted to just say before we get started. All right. Okay. I, I know you're a huge fan of Eddie. And I know that this is a huge, yeah. huge opportunity for this show. Yes. And there's going to be tons, tons of new listeners listening after we make this. And even though this oh, is a make <laughs> or break moment for our show, yeah, I just want you to relax, uh-huh. take a deep breath, and don't try to force it. Okay? So even though there was all that pressure, just don't, don't let it get to you. Just kind of ignore it and just perform <laughs> like normal. I, I think that puts the pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it sure does. I think okay, that puts all the pressure it. on me. Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah. All right. I yeah. didn't think that through. Well, and speaking of that mysterious voice, we're joined with us today by Eddie Pence from uh, the Ralph Report and the Ramble. How are you doing today, Eddie? I'm doing great. And Pornhub has great quality control. I know. Yeah, that's, not, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. <laughs> oh God. They run a tight oh. ship over there. Yeah. They sure do. <laughs> 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 oh wow oh we got a great basics of investing show for you today yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic if you're new to the show and stock market investing you have come to the right place we've invited eddie and uh and everyone here to talk about the basics of the stock market and investing 
And just so you know, if you have come to the shop and smashed China with us before, we're glad you're here too. We're glad you made it back to the shop. We know that Wall Street can be a bad neighborhood after dark. <laughs> so come on in. You know your way around. Sit back. Have a drink. If you're playing the markets this week, you've earned it. Yes. Now, Eddie. Yes. Eddie, tell us what is your experience and knowledge with the stock market? What, uh, what do you know? I have a checking account. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. with, with the minimum savings account of $50. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that would be my, that's as far as I know about financial so you, institutions. So you grew up in a money, a family with a lot of money, huh? Uh, we, I grew up in a middle class uh, DC, suburban DC neighborhood yeah. okay. in the, oh. in the 80s. So we were not, we didn't want for money, but we weren't by any means rich. Were there suburbs in D.C.? I thought D.C. was just like a crime-laden, like, free-for-all. Back like, then, I lived in Northern Virginia. <laughs> I grew up in Northern Virginia. Okay, yeah, right. you, like, it's weird. When I grew up, yeah, D.C. was crime-ridden. But then now, I grew up in, like, what is, uh, was recently farmland and then turned into suburbia. But now, D.C. is sort of spread out into this metropolis that has almost engulfed most of Maryland and Northern Virginia. So Jeez, where yeah. I grew up is no longer the suburb. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, didn't they name their basketball team the Bullets at one point? <laughs> they were the Bullets, which was awesome. <laughs> Just own, own it, yeah. right? Might as yeah. well, right? I loved it. And then they go, then they were like, okay, this is two on the nose. So then they switch it to Wizards, which makes no sense. No. There's only one wizard I'm familiar and with. The team was the Redskins. So we were just like, we were great. Yeah, yeah, top notch. Well, I do hope someday that people will change the name from wizards because of all of the offense that magic users take <laughs> well dude when they first when they first changed it to wizards when they were going through the whole rebranding and all that back in the early mid 90s i think it was mid 90s when they did it people were like well that's that's a reference to grand wizards of the kkk right. like people oh, were shit. like they were making the the they were just trying to find reasons to hate that name yeah. <laughs> and with, with, oh. I was just going, hey, this name is stupid, and you can just hate it because it's wizards. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have to make it. It's not about the KKK. It's just a dumb you, name. You, you don't need a reason. It's okay No, it's enough, stupid like, enough on its own. No. There's no elves. Oh. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> My cousin's a Keebler elf, and he is so offended. The Los Angeles knows. All right, that, to get back on oh, track. Yeah. All right, so so you starting from a place of general ignorance. Uh, basically, you got all these companies out there. You know, you, we've all shopped at a store. It's easy to understand what a company is. The stock market is where people are going to buy and trade and sell uh, shares or pieces of all these publicly traded companies. Okay. And each of those, they call them shares or stocks, stock certificate. Okay. Is what, what it com- came from. Uh, they're, they're all, each company has a different amount of them, but, uh, so which makes them all worth a different am- amount of money per share. The crazy thing about it is the value of that stock and share does not equal the physical value of the company. Like if, if the company just stopped tomorrow and you sold off everything it had, that's not what the value of the stock. No, there's, there's to. things like and, future earnings, um, the growth prospects. There's all kinds of crazy fundamentals that are supposed to be tied into it, but it's not just fundamentals too. There's a lot of emotion in it. Like Tesla's... So it's, it's all made up stuff. It's just all made up. It's made up, but it has a basis on fundamentals, I would say. You start with what's really there, and then on top of that is added the speculation of how well this company is going to be doing in the future. 
So it is made up in the sense that people are only going to buy the shares if they think it's worth something. So is it like if you're going into a football game and like the one team is like 12 and one and the other team is like three and I don't know, nine Mm -hmm. or 10 Mm -hmm. or whatever the number would work. You're like, you're going to bet on the team with the better record going into this game, thinking they're going to win the game. Right. The team with the better record is going to be the higher stock price. Yes. But it's. But it's all made up. You're just gambling with your money going, hey, this is this this <laughs> might not work. Yeah, yeah. There there's a gamble element involved, but you can find companies that are less gambling and more solid. Like a company that makes windows. Because <laughs> every every building needs windows, right? Everybody Oh, I thought you meant yeah. the software. So that company's safe. <laughs> no. No, fuck that one. Fuck uh, <laughs> yeah, so, fuck Windows. So, <laughs> Apple all the way. <laughs> A company that makes apples. Everybody's eating apples. Uh, that's you actually just kind of hit the head on a Warren Buffett strategy. His when the whole dot com bubble was going on, he was uh, he was saying like, I don't know anything about these tech stocks, but I know everyone wakes up in the morning and grabs a Gillette razor to shave. So he went and bought a whole shitload of Gillette when it was undervalued. Hmm. Yeah, and then the dot com uh, bubble burst, yeah. and all those tech companies lost a lot of money. But Warren Buffett was fine because nothing happened to Gillette. They, never, they were still selling razors to everybody, right? Um, yeah. So, so the, yeah. I mean, there are those two basic types of stock: uh, a value stock or a growth stock, uh, and that that refers to the general what type of company Warren Buffett likes a value stock like Gillette. Uh, there might not be a you, you might not find a specific company being publicly traded that does windows, but you can find <laughs> companies that do like an elevator company, like an elevator company. Yeah, like Otis. <laughs> yeah, no, Otis. Like yeah. every building needs elevators. Yep, every building needs elevators. Like, there you and they go. They have earnings this week too. Uh, uh, <laughs> they yep. do. They do. Yeah. So so you could you could pick a company like that, and and you're not nearly at the risk for that company going around turn around tomorrow and be like well everybody stopped buying elevators so sorry guys right. it's all in escalators now guys it's all it's all <laughs> we really missed the boat uh, you're, you're making it sound then like uh like it's all just gambling and speculation and even though there's an element to that i mean if you're if you're picking on stocks that have you know good growth potential they're in a market that's definitely needed, like you're saying with the elevators. Like over time, it's still going to make you money, right? Like it's really hard to lose yep. money in the stock market unless you do what we do, <laughs> which is try to, try to time things. And I'm glad you guys have and, a yeah. podcast about how to lose money in the stock market. That's awesome. That's yes, yes, yeah, we're we really, really good at it. <laughs> I feel like I feel I could do one of those. Yeah, I'm surprised there aren't more. To be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> When, and that's the difference between uh, losing money and making money in the market, to me, in my experience, has been how long am I holding this? If I'm trading it and selling it in two days, well, there's a chance I'll lose money. Yeah. But uh, if I'm picking a company that, uh, like Otis that sells, that sells elevators, if, if I put money into that today and I wait five, ten years, unless Otis goes away and elevators go away, odds are I've made money. Right. Uh, but the real trick, the, mm-hmm. the real crazy secret that's not a secret is indexes and averages. And uh, what those are is, is basically uh, a company will op- they'll, they'll buy a piece of every company on the exchange or, or every company in the, what they call it, the standard and poor 500, the list of 500 companies. So somebody... They'll, they'll start a fund, an index fund, and they'll buy a piece of all 500 companies. And then you can buy a piece of that. 
So you're buying a piece of a piece of a company. You're buying the average of yeah, all five hundred companies. You're buying companies. a fund that's, oh. that's making it, it. It mixes up the so, stocks to try to track those averages that you see, like the Dow Jones, the S and P five hundred, right. the Nasdaq. So they're buying a bunch so, of pieces of the company, and you're buying a piece of the average of all those companies. Yeah, Basically, yeah. yeah. If if it was uh, if you were looking at like pro wrestling, each stock is a different wrestler and has a different number of fans, right? The index fund is saying like, well, I'd rather invest in the fans of the total, the WWF, not just a specific wrestler. Okay. That's going to be more steady. The total average of all the fans is more steady and, and rising than any given wrestler at any given yeah, moment. Yeah, because any one stock can go out of business, you know. But if you have like a weighted average of like 50 different ones, if one stock loses, then chances are you got another one going up that's going to make up for that. Uh, okay. So it, it kind of just stabilizes everything. It's boring investing, but it's a proven way to actually make money. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's not a get-rich-overnight way to invest. No, it's get-rich-slow, right? I think is what we call it. Right. And it's boring. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> it's really boring, but it's safe. Because if the average, like the Standard & Poor 500 or the Dow Jones or the NASDAQ, if any of those averages ever got to zero, the country's in really big yeah. trouble. Like the, your your bank account is not your worries and problems, right? Yeah, you but, need to go out and hunt and kill people. And, yeah, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're trading in bullets. It so. is the Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, it's Barter Town and Master Blaster shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, God, I yeah. love that. <laughs> Good reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so the the way to to do it is to pick one of these indexes and averages, and just you you keep buying at regular intervals regardless of what the price is mm -hmm. because you're just trying to am amass as many shares as you can and by buying in a in a, uh, a god what is it, a standard interval like that like every paycheck you're just putting fifty dollars into it uh now you're doing what's called dollar cost averaging so sometimes you're buying it when the price is too high and you're getting fewer shares but when the price is low when you're buying you're also buying them lower and getting more shares for your money so it all kind of averages out over time but the point is, you're yeah. buying shares. That's the that's what you want to do. You're buying shares and you're right. holding them. Yeah, and you're holding them. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in fact, I think I've got a little song to help us remember, Kyle. Oh. oh, okay. Now it's basic investing with the bulls in the shop, rising up to the challenge to go viral. And you must be a buyer, never sell those shares off, cause we're holding them all with an eye. To retire. <laughs> oh, all right. I got it all. I got it figured out now. <laughs> Done. Done. End of episode. Right. That's a wrap. Uh, we call stocks good then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing, in, so the averages, those, those are a given. If you do want to, if you, if you like to feel like you picked it, like not just like, okay, I did the, the thing we know is going to work. If, if, if it's more exciting to you to pick something. There are, uh, there are other stock tickers that are their funds that will follow and track like a specific industry. Right. Mm -hmm. like, <clears throat> like I'm a big pothead, so. You can't tell from the cough. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, money in, the, in, the, in, in an actual stock ticker that's MJ uh, for marijuana. It follows the Canadian-American marijuana industry. And I'm like, you know what? Long term, I think in 20 years, that industry is going to be huge compared to where it's at now. So I'm going to start investing now. Is that a safe investment right now to go into? 
I, I personally believe it, it depends is. on your time uh, frame, right? Are you going to hold it for 10 or 20 years? Yeah. Then probably. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just trying to, to make a quick buck, you know, in the next six months to a year. Um, no. Yeah, there's definitely some. There's opportunity. It depends on if Congress uh, legalizes, you know, if that happens right. and that stock's going to shoot through the roof. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm a fan of it right now and why, why I, I, every paycheck I buy a little bit more uh, is, is we've never been closer to full legalization. Right. And, and I feel like in the next few years, we're going to go through that process. And when we make it through that process, all of these companies are, are going to be up. Uh, so I invest in the industry. I don't, I, I mean, I've got some specific companies, but that's, you know, for the show and, and for fun. Uh, but, you know, my long-term money, yeah, I'm putting it in, in, in the marijuana industry, marijuana. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't have to be marijuana. It could be like robots, electric vehicles. Uh, you could, you could. Corn futures. Find a, <laughs> I mean, oh, just... <laughs> corn futures. Mm. I bet they went through the roof with the pandemic, right? I don't know. A lot of the corn gets turned into ethanol these days. So it kind of runs with the alternative. Oh, I thought you said porn. Oh, no. I don't think you can trade oh. porn. <laughs> I thought you said porn. I th- uh, Dan, keep him busy for a second. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> you should be able to trade porn. Yeah, trade porn futures? Absolutely. I mean, I've, bar- I've borrowed a lot of porn. Why can't you trade it? <laughs> you, can, you can trade, uh, like, Playboy. I know uh, Hustler, I believe, is publicly traded. Uh, there's um, a company called Porn Prom Metals, PCM. Or, uh, or PPMM. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. <laughs> you know, I hear investment in the porn industry is usually becoming a producer to make your own films. I, you know, I don't. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I'm not sure you're doing that to get money, though. I think you're doing that for the other fringe benefits <laughs> to, to get laid. It's got to be a lot of upside to that. <laughs> think. Right? Low cost. <laughs> Everyone's got a cell phone these days. Well, yeah, everybody's got a great camera right in their pocket. I'm saying iMovie, mm-hmm. it's easy. <laughs> so yeah, you you don't have to pick an index or an average. You can pick an industry. There is they, they call them uh, ETFs, ex- exchange traded funds. There are ETFs that that will track booze. Uh, I don't know specifically any that track porn, but there might be a porn ETF out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to throw this stat out here too. Uh, just talking about indexes, um, I went back and averaged out the gains of the SPY over the last 30 years. I think this is a year old. The, but when he says SPY, that refers to an ETF that tracks the Standard and Poor 500. Yeah. I have so, no idea what you just said. Okay, uh, it's an exchange traded <laughs> fund that tracks the S&P 500. I just went back and looked at the last 30 years, like what the return year over year was. Uh, and it was somewhere around 12.8%, I believe, uh, not counting for inflation. So that means that every six years, roughly, your investment would double. If oh, you had that's just, good, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I think for comparison, it takes <laughs> about... That sounds good. For your, your standard checking uh, or <laughs> savings account, I think it would probably take about, God, I'm going to guess 50 to 100 years probably to double. Yeah, my, I mean, I think my savings account right now is like 0.0%. You yeah, might get point yeah. oh two if you're really right. lucky. I think yeah. these days. <laughs> so the when when I say when he says an ETF uh, that that tracks the Standard and Poor 500, the Standard and Poor 500 is a list of 500 companies that makes that average. They 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 are a group of people that pick like which five which company is going to be in the 500 that we pick and track. Um, so it's it's one of the the big three. There are three big indexes. Like if you get a a trading app you get like Robinhood or Ameritrade or Webull on your phone, right? And you pull it, pull it up. It's gonna give. It's gonna show you those three numbers, uh, kind of as like a default. Yeah, 
um, the Dow Jones tracks industrial companies. Called, I'll call it the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And somehow Salesforce is one of those. I don't know how that is. Makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so just by tracking that S&P, uh, SPY would be the stock ticker. If you were to load up your Robinhood, your Webull, your Ameritrade, you load up your account, and you could say, show me SPY, and it'll, it'll bring up a fund that is in the, what we're talking about, the index, the average of S&P 500. Uh, you can buy shares of that. That is what we're talking about, buying shares in the average. SPY is one of them. And that beats uh, just 9 do. out of 10 like other managed funds. Like Even the professionals on Wall Street can't do better than just investing in the index. That's why Dan calls it the nine, best well-kept or not-kept secret or however you want to word that. Yeah, yeah. Like Everyone should be doing this. It makes no sense not to. Like Any money that you've got that you're not planning on using in the next 5 to 10 years, it should be in, in this. Yeah. If if you've got a savings account that you don't need to dip into, like earn some money on it, for the love of God. Well, that's the issue though right now is people don't have that. They you know you don't know if you need your liquid cash, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, at this point. Um, well, one of the beauties of of the modern app system on the phones, making it easy to trade, is uh, if I need that money in my stock account, I can get it within a week. Uh, it's not instant. It's not overnight. But I, oh, uh, right. about a week. But it's not tied up for six months or a year. Correct. I'm never in a position where if an emergency happens, I can't last a week until I get that money. Right. <laughs> yeah, you should always have your rainy day fund too. Also, uh, yeah, that's that's getting harder and harder for Americans these days too. Yeah. So this this strategy, the one that, that beats nine out of ten money managers, I my favorite analogy for it is what I call the dragon mentality. Uh, if you're smog or smog, apologies, Lord of the Rings fans, uh, and and you you love gold, uh, you're hoarding gold. You you sleep on it. It's your bed. Well, if you imagine each gold is a share of stock, like does smog care what the price is of gold down in Lake Town? I'm gonna say no. Does he no. care? Does no. he care? No, he doesn't give a no. shit what they're buying and selling gold right. for. If you ask smog. What do you want to do with gold? He's going to say, I want more. Smog. Smog. Smoke. 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 Let's call him the dragon. Just call him the dragon. (laughs) The dragon from Lord of the Rings. That's it. That's it. Yeah, if you ask him, like, hey, do you you want to sell some gold? He'll be like, no, I want more gold. I'm just going to keep adding to my pile. That's my game. You're like Cartman on South Park when he was... (laughs) With pot pies. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, or cheesy poofs. Or cheesy poofs, yeah. Although you shouldn't eat your <laughs> yeah, shares. I guess that maybe doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't eat your stocks, people. That's the kind of investment you tune into us for. Yeah, and in fact, there was a, Kyle, there was a guy, do you remember his name, who, who was like uh, recommending we change Social Security to stock investment? When, when somebody's born? Uh, I don't remember the name, but that wasn't necessarily that. It was saying that they should start a fund for every child. Um, like I think it came out to something like three thousand dollars for every kid when they're born. If the government puts it into a fund that just tracks the indexes, then everyone basically retire sixty-two or sixty-five as a millionaire, just based on the compound really? interest. Yeah, yeah. Compound wow. interest is a yeah. beautiful, powerful force that makes money multiply. And no, yeah. no matter really what happens to the stock market, that's going to pay out that way. 
I mean, past returns are no guarantee of future, but I mean, the, the... <laughs> well, outside of a major, major crash and the and society falling apart, that would be. Well, here's the thing: even with like the the major crash of like 1920s, uh, like what was that Black Friday? Like the stock market's still over that 10 year period that includes all those points with that crash in there, still averaged you know, like 10 percent returns or somewhere around there. Huh. Yeah, yeah. If if you didn't panic in that Black Friday prelude to the great depression and you just kept you if you were in the index and you just kept them and you kept buying more like a dragon like fuck what they're paying for gold in lake town i want more gold right uh you would have made money made a fortune those crashes are like huge buying opportunities is right yeah because 10 years later 15 years later the market had rebounded and Even less than if that been buying while it was dirt cheap you you're super rich in the 50s you know i mean back when this pandemic hit back in march look how fast the the stocks recovered oh. from that point i mean I, yeah. that's yeah, a bit yeah. abnormal but i mean shit i lost it was abnormal but <laughs> i lost almost half my portfolio talking, value during that and then now it's already almost 50 percent on top of what it was before just from sitting and waiting yeah last year when the coronavirus hit in 2020 and the market the market tanked if you'd started buying, it wouldn't matter what company, anything in April, you would have made a ton of money by the by December. It's just any any stock, pick one. <laughs> it was really remarkable. If you would have picked Clorox, you would have done really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely. <laughs> or Charmin. Oh God, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there is a physical element to it. It is related to what's happening. Uh, but then you have the other side of the coin where you've got companies. Um, we just did a story. There's a New Jersey deli that's traded on the stock exchange. The deli makes 18 grand a year, and the company's worth over 100 million dollars. Because people, yeah, people, <laughs> for no reason, what? want to buy this stock. They want to buy stock in this deli for no known reason. It's got good fundamentals. And, and <laughs> <laughs> that's when it, we get. We, I was making it sound like all gambling earlier. It's it's not all gambling. There's there's physical stuff related to it. But on top of that. Uh, the basic elements of buying and selling stock are, uh, if you look at an auction, the more people that want to buy the thing, the higher the price is going to go. The more people that want, if there are more people wanting to sell the thing than there are willing to buy, the price starts dropping because they want to unload it. Like, oh, there's, you know, so if you're, you're, you're in that auction house, if everybody's bidding on the, the piece of art, it just goes up, 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 up. So if everybody's rushing to buy a stock, like right. it's yeah. New York, New Jersey deli, the price just goes up, 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 up. But that's, is that... But that's not the true value of that deli, right? That deli is eighteen grand a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In sales, not even re- not <laughs> not even money made. That's just. The- so this is just a made up value for this deli because everyone agreed to nod and wink and buy stock in this deli. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So this deli that guy owns the deli is a millionaire because he. Well. Yes. Because it was funny for everyone to buy stock in this. It depends on if he yes. sold his stock or not. I mean, there's. When you hold shares of something, it's not money until you actually sell it, right? He's, he sold $2.2 million of it last year. Okay. Then, yeah, he's a millionaire. Yeah, he did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Why? That doesn't make any... Like, I don't understand. Like, that's just because people decided to make this worth something, right? Yes. Well, look at look look at Tesla. Tesla's kind of in the same boat. Yeah. And we look at a real, com- real company. Compare like, Tesla I mean, to GM. Deli's Tesla real. should be a $20 stock, I think is what Dan figured out looking at the... The price to earnings yeah. ratios. 
Like Tesla does not yeah, move enough it, product to be worth the valuation that it's at now, but people love it. People think that it's got future potential. And they think Elon Musk is cool. There's the cult. There's a cult of Elon. There's that's real. We've seen him move stocks just yeah. by tweeting. He's hosting Saturday Night Live, I think, next week or two weeks from now. Saturday Night Live. He's hosting Saturday Night Live. I think. I think in two weeks. Yep, May f- <laughs> May something. First week of May. Yeah. Oh God. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Tesla is a great example of, of a company that isn't just some weird little deli. Yeah, they're not, they're not selling a ton of cars. Right. And frankly, their competition is getting pretty stiff because every major car company has announced we're going full electric by 2035. Yep. Right. Uh, and yet people, there are still more people wanting to buy that stock than there are people who want to sell it. So the price just goes up, up, up. It is a great car, though. You're, have you ever driven in one? We're not that famous or rich. <laughs> a 2009 pontiac i have a 2004 runner and a 2007 prius so yeah i know nice yeah (laughs) Yeah. so the prius gives you some of that tesla acceleration uh not really (laughs) (laughs) makes you there's not there's not even a usb port in my car that's how old these cars are. oh god yeah i've got an audio output jack of mine my car's all yeah. engine, though. I have to play CD. I have to play CDs in my car. I still have a CD yeah. player in mine too. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, yeah, we're on the same boat. All right, <laughs> fucking old men over there. What's a CD? CDs are things that you know. Were you were you about to describe a certificate of deposit? No, but I was trying to figure out how I could relate that down to rotary phones and just see how far back in time I could go <laughs> before we lost all our listeners. <laughs> right, right. They're all done. So there, there's also there's one more element to the long-term investing and that is taxes unfortunately uh when you make money it's taxed right and uh, there there are a few methods <laughs> uh, there are a few methods you can use to to really maximize the benefit of the long-term strategy uh not just holding it a long term long time and getting it, it the amount of time you hold a stock will affect how it's taxed, but uh, but you don't get taxed until you pull it out, right? Until you sell it, yes. Or do you get until you sell it, yep. right? Then then you're taxed. You're not taxed in, until after. I know that much, right? Yeah, and then yeah. there's also okay. short term and long term. If you sell it within like a less than a year of holding it, then you're paying normal income tax on it. If it's after a year, then you'll pay a capital gains tax, which is usually at a lower rate. Uh, not anymore. Biden just only for millionaires. <laughs> only for people making more than a million. Only for millionaires. And he hasn't raised it yet. He wants to. It's for that deli guy. <laughs> yeah. The fuck that guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah that deli guy. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can buy shares in our company. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, we we got to get publicly traded. Uh, I want to see comedians um, get publicly traded. I'd love to buy stock in some of my well, favorites. That'd be interesting. Wouldn't that be? Well, there's so many sex scandals that go through the comedian universe. There'd be so much like selling off. <laughs> Because most comics are such just the worst people on the planet. Should should we start like a betting pool for who the next comic with the sex? I so, don't want to bet on that. Be? I think I don't know. I still feel like you should get some leeway if you're really funny. <laughs> I think some of them do. Can can I say oh. that? Is, or is that going to get us canceled? <laughs> no, oh. uh, you know I'm going to get you canceled now. I'm. I'll admit I'm really vain, and I give leeway to beautiful people that I would not give to others. Oh God, wasn't that always sure. sunny in Philadelphia, where they talked about sexual harassment and is all based or inversely proportional to how hot you are? Oh yes, <laughs> Dennis has the chart. Yeah, it's a weird tangent, right? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, back on track. So, so 
Taxes. There, uh, have you you've heard? Have you ever heard of a four hundred one k or uh, an IRA? Yes, I think my wife has those. Oh, good. So there is someone responsible yeah. in the family. She is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So, in, like a Roth IRA is good for for me as a poor man because uh, I pay the taxes on the money I make, and then if I put it in my Roth IRA, when I go to sell and withdraw it in retirement. I'm not taxed on any of the money I made in my it's IRA. It's taxed before it goes in, whereas with tax before with the traditional in. IRA, you're, the money you're put in is tax deductible now, and then when you pull it out, then you're paying taxes on it then. So there's two different vehicles. Oh, so it's, it's whether you want to pay now or later. Yeah, and usually pay, yeah. most people should have a mix of that because you can actually reduce like your, your capital gains taxes and your other like earned income by having like a mix of the two. Uh, but that's going to get into that, really in that, depth of a strategy yeah. There. <laughs> yeah they both have good yeah. value i have both of them i i just figure because um i'm not paying a lot of taxes now i don't make a ton of money uh then i may as well maximize those benefits uh but you can only put seven grand a year not that not that i've ever even come close to that myself but uh it it may behoove you to have both if, if you're putting more than seven grand a year in them uh but something like like if you your son's what 12 13 12 is uh, 11 it get turning 12 soon. 11 yeah turn 12 soon okay yeah so so like if you opened uh an IRA, a Roth IRA for him and you put money in it all of that money that's made like we were saying doubles every 6 years on average in the past that's how it's behaved that S&P average uh when he hit retirement he wouldn't pay any taxes on all of that money that it earned over time. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm just not a, a parent, but, man, I would not want to give my kid that much money. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's just it, though. You're not giving know, it to him until they retire. Yeah, but... So he wouldn't so get... Start... He, he can't get... He can't touch that until he's 65? Well, he sh- shouldn't yeah. be able to. I mean, well, you... You can withdraw it uh, with a substantial yeah. tax penalty. Because you couldn't, you turn like forty five, like I want all my money, and then cash it out. Yeah, yeah. You, you pay a ten percent on top hit. of paying, yeah, other stuff. Ugh. Yeah, mm, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, uh, it's a commitment. It's <laughs> it, it, it is commitment. Uh, uh, but you know, we're big. We're a big fan of the IRAs, and and we're not a big fan of taxes. In in fact, and we we came up with another little song to help oh. everybody remember how important <laughs> IRAs are. IRA man, oh, oh, fighter of the tax man, oh, oh, champion of the funds, oh, oh, you're a master of accounting and ledgers for everyone. IRA man, fade out. God damn it, Dan! Don't say fade out. Just do it. <laughs> Well, that was supposed to be a note, right? And then you're supposed to fade out. <laughs> <laughs> but you forgot. Switch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish I had Glenn Howerton's voice, but I, I, I'm, I'm more in the lower range. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's, it's, it's really that, that simple. Just buy an average, throw it in IRA, keep doing it, and you're going to well, have a big pile of fucking money one day. Should we, uh, should we open this up to Eddie? Let him ask us some questions? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Let me see. Now, this is tough because I don't know. I don't know what to ask because I don't really understand anything that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so. Something you would like more clarification on or anything like that? <laughs> huh. 
Like, no. I'm, hmm. Like, I'm completely, like, my wife handles all the financial stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, she's completely mm-hmm. honed in on that. Like, I live for tomorrow, and she lives yes. for 30 years from now. Yep. So, what, is there anything I could do in the short term that's not the long game? Because she's all into the long game. She has the 401ks and the IRAs, and she's figuring out how to shelter money from tech, yep. you know, like, all that. Like, she's, she knows all that. We have a financial planner, and they, they, we get on these conference calls with them, right? And it's like I'm the kid in the doctor's office playing with the toys while they're discussing, <laughs> like, what chemo treatments I need. Like, it's like really like I don't. I'm just clueless to what's happening, and they're talking life and death, and they're all they're both laughing at me because I'm so clueless. That sounds mean. It is kind of mean. I do get a little insulted by it, yeah. but I because I just don't know. Like, I literally just people start talking about money and numbers and stocks, and I just start daydreaming about other things. <laughs> Well, it, it helps to imagine them in, in contexts that you can understand. Because I did, I, I dipped my toe into like stocks mm-hmm. back in 2004. We had like, our, we had our wedding and we got like a bunch of money. So we had a little bit of money left over. We had like a couple thousand dollars. And my buddy was like, there's this, there's this penny stock oh, that's going to <laughs> go through the roof. And we were all like, oh yeah, penny, this is good. So what happened? It's, it costs a penny, but like if it goes to a dollar, we're all rich. So I, I threw $2,000 into this penny stock Ooh. back in like 2004, 2005. And it kind of just bubbled around there. And then like for like 10 years, this penny stock just dragged all of us like with this potential of what it might do. And then it just went away. <laughs> so like, that's the only like uh, any, that's the only like uh, sort of experience I've had in like stocks at all was doing the stupid I penny stock. I can see where that would leave a bad taste in your mouth. So I was just ever since then I'm kind of like I don't really understand what I'm doing. I don't want to lose two thousand more dollars. Don't don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I did this exact same thing, I- exact same thing. Different numbers, probably guarantee is a different penny stock. Uh, I I years a few years back I talked to a professional trader, rich man, uh, and I asked him about penny stocks, and his response was, penny stocks are a Ponzi scheme. The people who have the shares need to unload them because they're worthless. And they're just looking for suckers to unload them on. Hmm. And they're um, typically subject to higher trading fees, like brokerage commissions. Yeah. Uh, so the only people yeah. actually making money on them are the people hawking them and like facilitating the transactions. Associating. It really is. Yeah. That's that whole yeah. Wolf of Wall Street thing was all about. We went because we, we we even went to Vegas for like a sh- like a shareholders meeting with the company. Oh really? Oh, wow. Like it was like it seemed like official. That's why we were so into it. Like the guy was there with the. The company there, all the heads of the company were there. They did like a presentation. This was like two years after we'd bought the stocks. And the stockholders were like, what's happening? Because this was supposed to, at any point, start go on to uh, NASDAQ. Is that yeah. how it would go? go mm-hmm. Get uplisted. Yep. So it was supposed to go up. It was going to be listed. And then, of course, then it, well, it has to be a dollar to be listed, right? I think so, yeah. So we were all like, okay, so this is going to go to a dollar. And like they kept teasing that and teasing that. And then eventually they sold the company off and it just dissolved. One of the... the- because I usually look at the financials and I'm looking at a company like that. One of the things that I've been seeing a lot with these penny stocks is that like the main income from their business is issuing new shares. Uh, if that's your main cash flow is just making or dilute, just diluting the pool, yeah, it's never going to go anywhere. Well, how is that different from like that deli guy who's made millions of dollars off his eighteen thousand dollar a year deli business? He just has it's really not. good publicity, apparently, or something. It, the the difference <laughs> is is that enough people 
got hooked into buying that deli stock that it, it went up because there's still more people buying it. Yeah, like Kyle said, the publicity was better and more people heard about it. So they jumped in and they bought some. And, and Once it starts showing good movement, then like the momentum traders and day traders start getting involved and then that starts putting more pressure on it. So that's is that how the GameStop thing happened? GameStop couple, was... Like- was uh oh god how do you wasn't that just a bunch of people going in going hey let's buy a bunch of this GameStop uh, happened when people that... noticed that the, the <laughs> amount of short sales or short shares that were sold was more than the float like the available stock out there to purchase like it was something like 137 percent of like the available shares available had been sold short short when you sell uh, short you have so... to repurchase them at a later date hopefully at a lower price right. than you you pre-sold them right in order to actually make your money that's how you make money but if yeah, as a everybody seller. on Reddit figured if they got together and didn't sell, well, then they could name their own price once they were forced to, to, to repurchase those, once the, the lending rate got too high for, for borrowing the stock. Right. Uh, where they got screwed on that was when Robinhood and other brokerage accounts kind of shut off the buying power and they were no longer allowed to buy anymore. And then that kind of just killed it. Hey, Eddie, do you know what shorting a stock is? Well, that's where you... you- Buy the stock, and then you're 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 turning around to sell it at a later date at a half the price, right? No, you're okay. you're selling it sort first. Of, sort you're of borrowing the stock from somebody who owns you're selling it to someone, right. and then you're going to buy it back from them for half the price, Hopefully. or less right. price than what you sold and, it. Before. Yeah. So so let's imagine GameStop stocks are baseball cards, right? Yeah. And I've got I've got a GameStop card. And okay. Kyle goes, oh, I want to sell that short. He'll say, hey, Dan, loan me your baseball card. And then I'll loan it to him. And then he sells it to somebody, right? right. He, just sold, he just sold the, base, the GameStop short. He so sold that card to somebody else, right? And at any time, at a point in time, I can say, call up Kyle and be like, hey, I need that baseball card back. Well, he's got to run out and buy that card from somebody else. So I have my card. And I got to do it now. Right? He's... He's obligated to. He's got to do it now. So what, what people noticed was the amount of these baseball, you know, there's only so many baseball cards in existence, right? Right. A, a little, said, you know, we'll, we'll say it's a Ken. There's a finite number of whatever right. card it, that is. It's yeah. a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Yeah. There's only 10,000 of them, okay? Well, somebody looked out and noticed, like, wait a minute, that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card has been borrowed and sold more times than cards. It's been, it's been done 11,000 times. There's only 10,000 cards. Right. But it's been borrowed and sold 11,000 more than cards exist. Yep. So the people on Reddit, when they noticed that, they said, well, let's start buying up all the cards we can find and hold on to them and don't sell them. And it hit a point where when everybody had to go buy the card to give them back to their friend, there were no cards to buy. So they had to pay more for the card to get it back. So they, exactly. They had to pay whatever people were asking. Yeah. Right. Because they have and to put, they have, they have to bring that it back. It was like minutes away from going like catastrophic for <laughs> those people. Mm-hmm. Before that was, ter- the buying pressure was shut off basically. I mean, we were looking at like prices of like 5000 a share or even higher than that. That would have been getting paid. We were like minutes away from that. And what would that have done to the market overall? Anything? Would that have crashed the market? It, it would have been a good chance. I don't know that it would have crashed it. Um, I don't think there was enough vo- or, uh, market cap on it, even at that high of a price, to, to really wreck everything. And then, plus, the people that well, would have gotten wrecked, uh, the Fed would just print more money and give it to them like they did every other time the market's crashed. Yeah, they would have been bailed out. <laughs> yeah, they would have been bailed out. 
what I, I actually, uh, we had one of our guests, George Papazov, uh, describe it as he, he felt it was really close to being the first domino. Total systemic collapse is what he was calling it. Yeah. Total systemic collapse. Yeah. He, he felt that if that squeeze had gone up five, ten thousand dollars a share, then uh, a few hedge funds would go under. But yeah. them going under, they have to then sell off everything they have. More sellers than buyers, prices go down. And, that's gonna, and that would cause a few more to go under, which right. would cause a few more to go under. So this is a fatal flaw in the system. A little bit, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. they need to fix that. Yes. You should not be able to sell more shares of a company than actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So short selling should be something that's not allowed to be done then. I think that has, still has value. I don't think that's necessarily something that needs to be outlawed. I just think you need to be able to have... You got to regulate it somehow. Yes. When you say, when I borrow a share, I need to be able to actually borrow that share. Where we got into trouble with GameStop is that they said, I want to borrow the share. And then the market maker would be like, well, I can't find any, but fuck it. I'll just sell it to you anyway, because I'm getting such a juicy premium on it. I'll just go find it later. Yeah. So they're, tr they're buying and selling stuff they don't even have. Yes. Does, that don't even exist. That's where the problem was. And that should not be allowed to happen. Yeah, yeah. That needs to be regulated. Yes. Yeah. Well, because, and then short selling does have a place. Like if I, if I'm the one who owns the baseball card and I loan it to Kyle, I'm charging him an interest rate. I'm like, right. yeah, I'll loan you my card for 10 cents a day. Yeah. 15 cents a day. And it can also be $2 used $2 to keep day. companies honest too. And like that fucking deli going nuts. Or uh, I think one of the stocks that, that Elon Musk tweeted about that shot up to like $30 a share is a case of misidentification. Like it wasn't even the, the <laughs> company was he was talking about. The thing went crazy. I tried to short that. Was once people realized that wasn't what he's talking about, that stock was going to deflate. <laughs> it was way overvalued. <laughs> so I think it has a place, but yeah, it definitely needs to be regulated better. And honestly, has nothing, has no place in, in a long term winning portfolio tracking index. No. That's part of what you, when you're saying, like, is what can I do in short term to make some money? You're just trying to turn a quick uh, bucket when you're doing yeah, that. Yeah. You, you, could, you could short. Uh, companies that you think are going to go down, but it's it's really risky. Uh, yeah, because the in fact the upside is unlimited potentially, right? A stock can go only to zero, so there's your max profit cap. But if it goes right. fucking crazy and goes to the moon, you know, there theoretically that can go, that can just keep going. Yeah, Kyle bar bar borrowed my card, and now that card's worth a million dollars, and you got to well, buy it back. Yeah, <laughs> find a million dollars, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I want it now. Ah. <laughs> So what can you do in the short term, I think was the question you were asking. Like, uh, just, yeah, just like, you know, without, without screwing myself you know, over. Kyle, I, I do have a song about stock trading. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Why don't we play that first, and I'll try to yeah. answer his question. Yeah, we got to play a <laughs> song. You have to play a song. This is, yeah. this, is, this is for you, Eddie. Thanks. That was great. I can't wait to listen to this when it's done so I can tell what you guys are listening to. <laughs> <laughs> I played him the motorhead. The motorhead one? Uh. Oh, you can't hear that?
Oh. <laughs> uh, fucking Zencaster. <laughs> fucking Zencaster. Oh, All right. Worst. So what can you do in the short term? That's kind of tough because I'm assuming you want to be able to have your money ready to, to spend. Right? You don't want it tied up into something that you can't sell. So like yeah. stacking CDs is probably not necessarily a great idea. I mean, there's a strategy where you could like <laughs> buy like six month CDs out and then every month buy another one. You just keep rolling the profits over. Every yeah, month, yeah, but CDs, but CDs kind of suck. Not gonna make you know, they anything. Don't, they barely even keep up with inflation. Uh, with like TD Ameritrade, they've actually got them set up now, where you could set those up as your like main checking account rather than using oh, really? like a bank. Um, so with that, what you could do is then just you know when the money's sitting around, just have it thrown into like the Spider or another index fund that you like, and then when you need it, take some out. But then you're also susceptible at that point to, like, you know, short-term collapses. It sucks to see your bank account suddenly shrink by 30% overnight, you know? Yeah, that would blow. <laughs> yeah. So usually you want a mix of the two. Like, uh, you want to be able to have enough cash, like, for three to six months of expenses, right? And then the rest of it is what you want to be having tied up in your investments. And then if you need to pull from it, you can pull from your cushion before you have to go dip into your cashing out your actual you know right. profits or losses i gotta say the the <laughs> first of all you are talking to two guys who do a podcast on how to lose money in the market so i've actually been uh, doing i've actually been not well, doing that lately you're, you're, though. You, just keep that in mind you guys are talking to a guy who's never really made any money so. <laughs> wait you have a special out don't you we're, we're good company oh uh, that was that's... completely crowdsourced oh and I've yet to make a dollar off of that. Oh, we'll put, put we'll put a link in there for sure. Then we can help you out with that at least. Yeah. In fact, I think yeah, I yeah. owe Comedy Dynamics one hundred and seventeen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> this that's my that's the story of my comedy career. I my, the first TV gig I booked on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. I booked live at Gotham in two thousand six. They flew me across country to New York. I filmed the special. I got paid twelve hundred dollars for the seven minute set I did on Comedy Central. Um, but because of that, I had to join AFTRA oh, at the God. time. AFTRA and SAG were two separate unions at the time. I was already SAG, but I had to join. I was an AFTRA must join to do that show. So I get back home waiting to get my $1,200 check from Comedy Central. I end up getting a $200 bill from AFTRA because the buy-in was $1,400. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So they took my entire paycheck and then charged me $200 to be on TV. The, the gig cost you 200 The gig bucks. cost me 200 bucks. Did you have to pay for your flight, too, or did they at least cover that? Oh, no, they covered, okay. they covered my flight. Oh, they covered my flight at my hotel. <laughs> yeah, because you could have been really out. But I would not have been, it would not have been shocking at all had I had to pay for all of it. I would have yeah, been like, yeah. oh, yeah, that just makes sense. Did it at least, <laughs> Why not? Did it at least Why get not? you some like new, uh, new fans? Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it's my first. You know, it was my first ever spot on TV, so I was so like, oh, this is fun, this is awesome, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I had to pay $200 to do that. And then with this comedy special, I crowdsourced it, we raised 15 grand, we shot the thing, we, I hand-delivered it to Com Comedy Dynamics to put everywhere, mm -hmm. and then after all their expenses and everything, they sent me a, uh, uh, a sheet for $117 that I still owe them. <laughs> Which makes no goddamn sense because it was completely paid for as I handed it to them. But like all the press right. and all the, you know, all the social media and all the marketing <laughs> they did for it, the bill ran up to, I owe them 106 Oh, those assholes. That, that sounds like Hollywood accounting. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, if, if you really wanted to try and, and make a few bucks trading in the short term, uh, the, the idea is to not try and be an expert on the market. The idea would be pick three or four companies that you know 
uh, aren't going to go away. You know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good bet that Coca-Cola isn't right. going bankrupt and going away tomorrow, right? And people love fucking yeah. soda. Pick a few of them and start watching them. Make it a point to just once a day, open it up, look at where the price is. And you'll notice a lot of, a lot of companies, they, they'll go up and down. The idea being like a successful company will, will be going up more than it goes down. Like if you look at a one-year chart, right. hopefully it's lower on the left and higher on the right. It'll always be trending upwards, yeah. Not, uh, not necessarily. Over a, over a really long term, yeah, it should. But like over the course of a year, like it, can, it, can, it can wave around a bit. It can go up and down. Yep. The idea is to, to, to have a sense of like when, when, it's, when you think, okay, it's at the bottom of that channel and trend, okay, and it's going to turn around. Okay, it's been up. Okay, it's probably going to turn around. Uh, uh, you can get a feel if you're focused on just a few companies and start, start just flipping the money like, okay, I'm going to buy the shares today. Oh, it's a, it's a couple weeks later. It's had a good run. I'll sell them because I think it's about to turn around because I've been watching it. And, right. then, and then, oh, it did. It turned around. Okay, now it's lower again. I'll buy it because I think this is the bottom. Yeah, the best part is if you're wrong, uh, because you pick companies that are solid and they're going to be around for forever, then, okay, you just have to wait a little longer to, to sell it, to not lose. <laughs> right. You might right. have to hold them for a year now instead of, you know, three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's, if, 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 yeah, if you're not willing to take the loss and, and if you're not, you know, gambling and like, all right, I'm moving on to the next bet. Uh, uh, yeah, as long as you're doing blue chip, big value companies that uh, aren't in danger of disappearing, yeah, you can. There's a good chance you would be able to to make make some money off of it. But it really it comes down to you have to get your own connection to that company and its stock price. Uh, you have to be watching it and aware of it. You have to build an awareness of it okay. to, to be able to do that successfully. Otherwise, you it's you know you're just throwing darts at a dartboard. Like, oh, did that one go up this week? Hey, right. Dan, you say that, but the random stock is kicking our ass this month. Don't forget. Oh God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We do we do a bet every week. We both pick a stock, and then we added uh, a random stock that we compete against. And this is the first month we're about to both lose to the random stock. We have, yeah, the just, random stock made twenty percent return this month. Oh, <laughs> it's God. like what the fuck? <laughs> that was in that was in I a know. week, man. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes the dartboard strategy will will pay off, but uh, yeah. The dartboard strategy, I think, beats most money managers, most professional Wall Street. I think think it does, actually. I'm pretty (laughs) sure. I think, actually, if you really want to make some money, just look at what Kramer recommends, what his buys are, and then short those. Because I think 70% of those end up losing money of his picks. It's something ridiculous. I think there was a New York Times article or something that that went through a detail, like how much money he would have made if he would have bought puts on every stock that he recommended. It was significant. It, it, yeah, if you if you did the opposite of what Jim Cramer said all throughout the two thousands, you would have made a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> <laughs> that is a yeah. fact. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, all right, all right, Kyle. Let's uh, let's move on to some fun and games. I think uh, we got some trivia. Yes, I've heard that Eddie oh. is a huge Star Wars fan, and I know Dan is a bit of a fan too. <laughs> Bit of a fan, bit of a uh, fan. I prepared, a, I would call it a pretty challenging quiz for you both mm. here. I have not had access to any of these questions. I have no clue okay. what okay. what is about to be asked. All right, I so I'm going to, we're not going to do the buzzer thing like we tried to do before. I'm just going to alternate people here, and then I'll give, if the one guy can't answer it, the other guy will get a chance to steal. 
Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll start with an easier one, just to kind of get everyone. I believe Eddie should go first because right. he's the guest. All right. So this is the easier one to kind of get everybody warmed up. Uh, what is the mm-hmm. meaning of the ancient Hebrew lettering written on Darth Vader's chess piece? That's the easy one. <laughs> oh shit! Actually, I got the order wrong. Okay, never mind. Jesus. <laughs> I, I think I forgot to reorder these. Oh, oh. I do have a wife and kid. I do have a life outside of Star Wars. I have been late before. Right, a chance to steal, Dan? Um, yes, I believe uh, the lettering on Darth Vader's chest plate is uh, yellow. No. His deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. I didn't even know there was ancient Hebrew lettering on his chest plate, if I'm being honest here. No one Wait, would know his, that. His deeds will not be forgiven. Until he merits. Until he merits. Until he merits. Like, oh. Weird, huh? Uh, okay, let's go with, like, the real easy one. Yeah, here. All right. it's insanity. All right, Eddie. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what, a, what is the name of Yoda's home? Dagobah. Nice. Okay. All right. Come on. All right, Dan. It is. This is the easy one. What's the name of Bubba Fett's ship? Oh, 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 something one. Kettle one. No. Kettle one? I fucking... <laughs> I don't remember. Eddie, chance to steal? Name oh of his God. goddamn ship. Slave one. Nice. Okay. All right, let's do, uh, let's do, <laughs> let's do an alternating answers one here. Uh, starting with Eddie, I want you guys to alternate naming as many of the 12 Jedi mentioned by name throughout the nine main films. All the Jedi. There's 12 of them mentioned by name throughout the main nine films. Yoda? Yeah. Dan? Oh, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yep. Dan? Uh, Anakin Skywalker? Yep. Um, Mace Windu? Yep. Dan? Fuck. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mundi? I don't think he was mentioned my name. Was he? I'm looking on my list. I don't see him on here. Damn it! Oh! It. I don't think he was... I think in the Clone Wars he was mentioned by name. I don't think he was mentioned by name in the movies. God damn it. Eddie? Uh, oof, oof, oof. Oof. Oh, this was a... Shock T? Uh, no. You guys both missed Luke Skywalker. <laughs> ben Solo was mentioned in here. Ray Skywalker. For some reason they mentioned Leia. I don't know if I buy that one. I guess she was Force sensitive. I don't think she was ever a Jedi. Yeah, I wasn't really pleased with that one. Uh, Count Dooku, and then Queen Lan oh, yeah. Voss was the other one. That one was the hologram. Queen Lan Voss? Queen Lan Voss? Wasn't that the hologram? That... I don't think he was mentioned. Was he mentioned by name in the movies? He was mentioned just in the hologram, I think, is what they said. Like, it was, it was very obscure. Hmm. All right, not okay. too bad, though. I guess not too bad. He had about half of them. Well, Master Sifo-Dyas, right? Sifo-Dyas? Sifo-Dyas. He was mentioned ah, in the cl- in right. Attack of the Clones. Absolutely. Is that one of the main nine films? Yes. Yeah. Why isn't it not on here? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Ah, your source material's bunk. Maybe my list is terrible. Maybe. Okay. All <laughs> yeah. right. Let's. I call shenanigans. <laughs> All right, Dan. Here, let's 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 move on. <laughs> this whole Hebrew thing is weird. <laughs> Dan, what's the name of the Death Star's original commander? The the original commander of the first Death yeah. Star. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Nice. All right, Eddie, what detention block was Princess Leia being held in in the first, first Death Star? 1138? Ah, uh, no. Dan, chance oh, to yeah. steal? No. Dan? 
the 86th. A, it was double A dash two three. Okay, come on, two three. <laughs> All right, um, this one's a little more subjective. Eddie, I want you to rank the trilogies from best to worst. Okay, wow. Well, obviously the original trilogy is the best. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Now this is tough. I I would almost put the sequel trilogy higher than the prequel trilogy. So I might put it, I might do that. That's the way I had it. So I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your subjective question i appreciate it yes you're welcome <laughs> you're right. thank you i got i got it right because you agreed to it yes That's great dan what's the worst character in the whole of the star wars franchise in the the entire franchise yeah. oh that's easy. I kind of hate that fat dude that cried over the Rancor in Return of the Jedi. Oh, that guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rancor Keeper? <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. I hated the Rancor oh, Keeper. Oh, come on. I just wanted to punch his face. Why? His pet oh, no, died. His pet died. <laughs> yeah, but who keeps a rabid <laughs> Rancor as a pet? Yeah, that guy was kind of a dick. Dexter Jester's the worst. I had Jar Jar Binks written down, but... Dexter Jetster. Let me hear your argument, Eddie. Because he's the one that Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to and attack the clones to find out where the cloners are. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who runs the 50s, 50s diner on Coruscant. Yeah. Oh, oh, that guy. That whole scene is the dumbest scene <laughs> in the history of Star Wars. Okay. Why is there 50 diners in on Coruscant? <laughs> there are points for both. And why, why, and why does this fry cook know more about Camino uh, poison darts than the Jedi's who are like supposedly the greatest, most knowledgeable people in the entire galaxy. He's got to go to this forearm fry cook to find out. Oh, it's a it's a Camino dart. It's it's the dumbest, <laughs> stupidest scene. I think Eddie made the better argument, Dan. In the history, it's, it's dumber than anything Jar Jar ever did. <laughs> I was really disappointed that they changed Jar. I think that fan theory that he was actually a Sith Lord throughout the whole prequels would have saved that entire trilogy if that would have actually been true. Yeah. It would have been interesting had he had that turn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um I got a couple more here, but I think we're kind of running a little long, so maybe I'll just skip to the last one. This is a would you rather question, and this points will be based <laughs> on your answer, so I'll let you both answer here. <laughs> Uh, would you rather be a programmer in the Jurassic Park franchise, a computer programmer in the Jurassic Park franchise, or an overweight X-Wing pilot in the Star Wars franchise? Well, you're dead either way, right? <laughs> Your odds aren't great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty much dead either way. <laughs> so, yeah, those X-Wings don't bank really well no. when you add the extra pounds. <laughs> in, in, weightless, in weightless space. Yeah, in outer space. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Uh, I would probably take the X-Wing pilot because he might be able to hook up before the mission. Yeah. If you're just an IT tech dude on Jurassic Park, I think you're kind of... Well, they only get to see two of them. Uh, one of them was Nedry, and I think the other one was uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, and both of them didn't fare too well. But, no. But there had to have been more, right? But Jet Porkins had to get some, you know, he had to get some <laughs> some poon before he went on that mission. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had, you know, he's like, hey, babe, I might there, not come back. So someone's going to have sex with him. There was absolutely a forearmed fry cook somewhere that was going to give him a good time. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. I think Eddie, Eddie you, smoked you on this, Dan. I'd rather, oh, I'd rather be Jed Porkins. <laughs> 
I, I'd rather be Samuel L. Jackson trying to hack my way out of the dinosaurs. I think I have the computer skills that could do it. At least Samuel L. Jackson was cool, too. And I like to chain smoke cigarettes over <laughs> top of a laptop, so yeah, I yes. identify with that. <laughs> He's turning black with ash. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I, I do have a couple more on here, but uh, these are just... They're looking worse the more I look at them. <laughs> As long as, it's, as long as it's not like that, that, what's written in Hebrew on Darth Vader's chest plate. <laughs> we, we are running a little long. Gonna, gonna wrap it up here. Thanks so much for joining us, Eddie. I, I hope you can at least pretend like you learned something. Just so you My don't pleasure, hurt yes. <laughs> Eddie, what do you... I will. I can, I, can, I can BS my way through the next conference call with our financial planner. Yes. Hey, now you can, yeah. now you can throw some questions at your wife, too, next time she tries to make you feel small in those financial meetings. Right? Uh, excuse me, honey. What's, what, what's the market? What's the cap? return on that? Uh, what's the ROI on that investment that you've picked? I'd be like, uh, guys, have we thought about indexing <laughs> yes, stuff? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tracking the index. Check the index, you guys. It, Index it. No, it'd be, it'd be great. You should just have a Bluetooth audio piece in your ear, and uh, we'll translate for you real yeah. time. <laughs> oh, it'd be like those date scenes in like those comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Ask her. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Eddie, I didn't know if you know this. Uh, WWE is actually a publicly traded company. I know you're a fan of wrestling, too. Oh, oh I yes, I knew that. I was like, when they went public, I was like, should I buy WWE stock just to do it? If you it? believe it, yeah, that's how I buy my stocks. I buy it in things I believe in. Do you have uh, you have anything to promote that you want to tell the listeners about? Uh, you can check out my comedy special on if you're a Prime member on Amazon Prime. It's for free right now. Otherwise, you can buy it on iTunes or anywhere else you buy uh videos mm-hmm. uh check out my comedy special um and then i'm on the uh, ralph port uh five days a week on patreon.com and then the ramble uh, uh anywhere you get your podcast all right we'll put links to all that stuff in the description so that way everyone can Ooh, check that out absolutely thank you and yeah you should all go give it yeah. a listen it's great great stuff you're gonna have a great time and, so, and uh, unfortunately that's uh it's gonna bring us to the end of the show we're gonna have to close up the shop Shut off the lights, kick all you drunks out of here, and get the riffraff. I hope I was clueless enough. I think. Was I clueless enough? I think you did quite well. <laughs> I felt clueless enough. I did, don't feel too bad, because we're pretty clueless, too. I think this is going to be called Blind right. Leading the Blind. Blind Leading the Blind. Yep, there you go. Uh, and uh, stick around, folks. Uh, we'll be... We'll be blah, 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 blah. Let Lionel lick Leland's lusty leathers. Talking's hard. <laughs> Come back soon, folks. We're going to be opening up the shop again uh, very, very soon uh, with uh, th- this Saturday, I guarantee it. And until then, happy trade. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.